Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. Get on inside. We, inside waiting for you is the inimitable Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing good. Sounds like you're off script. Well, yeah, I got a script somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm reading it. it sounds like ad lib, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the funny thing is, is I was looking at the the script, but uh, like, ah, I, don't I don't need these words. It's like, why would I? Uh, yeah, right, right. That's right. <laughs> I was on planning on doing that for the Trade Pro live read because I'm just getting sick of reading the same thing. Yeah, just uh, fuck it, do it live. I'll just, I'm just gonna make it all up. I'm, I got the gist. Well, yeah. Who's gonna fire you? Me? I don't have hiring firing power. And I don't think George <laughs> listens. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh, come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine, rage against the hedge machine. Just We'd rage. Like to, just rage. It's a rage kind of week. I think we can all agree. Smash something. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies, maximizing gains, cutting losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out one of our many beginning trading episodes. We've got uh, knowledge and resource centers on financialnep2.com. We have all links to all that stuff in the episode description. But best place to probably be is to hop over on our free Discord server. Definitely be. Definitely. It's the happening place. So much happening there. So much sharing. Uh, great support mm -hmm. wonderful people uh, really awesome place to be can't recommend it enough um, no paid uh, tiers or special access areas so hop on that server slide into Kyle's DMs with your mailing address and we'll just send you some swag just a mailing address I don't need any other enticements uh, you can send him a dick pic or two oh god you know. don't say that <laughs> 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 okay, no dick pics, but definitely pictures of your testicles. Oh my god! <laughs> Always loves that. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll did I lose a bet? <laughs> 
I just want to see if if I could influence people to, to send uh, you dirty pictures. I'd be willing to make a side bet on this. Okay. You, you need some catch-up to, to, to win the month. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, this is last week, too. Give me an over-under for how many you think that you just influenced, how many pictures I'm going to end up getting. Oh, how, in, in the next week? Yeah. Uh, I, I think you'll get one. At least one? At least one. I think I'll probably get at least two. Well, if I say you get at least one, I can send you a dick pic. Yeah, no, and... that's why you don't count. <laughs> oh, 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 my dick doesn't count. <laughs> All right. If I get at <sighs> least two, then, uh, uh, I think that's worth 50 bucks. If I get less than two, then I get 50, 50. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I get, take a fucking hundred. I, I'm already <laughs> Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're getting off the rails already. Uh, it took a wild turn. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Send send your mailing address to Kyle. Uh, we'll we'll get some swag. We do have also if if you've already gotten your free swag and you just need more. I understand the addiction. We we do have a merchandise shop where you can get those t shirts and shot glasses. Show your support. Show your support. Yeah. Capitalism. Buy some shit. Woo woo. Buy some shit. You know, when I'm feeling sad, I like to spend money. Makes me feel better right away. Uh, right? Maybe you got <laughs> your free mug and then you, uh, you, in a fit of rage, you smashed it like it's meant to be done. Well, we've got replacements. <laughs> the first taste is free. Plenty <laughs> more where that came from. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kyle, what's, uh, what's our show news looking like? All right. Uh, we just finished talking to Paul Halmy, which we've also been saying his name wrong. Yes. Uh, the ex-stockbroker for a major Wall Street firm, two-time best-selling author, uh, also MMA fighter. And MMA badass, yeah. We spent a lot of time talking about other stuff, too. So this one this one should be a fun one. It was it, it was very laid back on interview, for sure. He talked really fast. I was really thrown for a loop because about the 45-minute mark, I was like, I'm pretty sure we've talked about like an hour, 15 minutes worth of material. Yeah, this will be the, <laughs> the first episode where I like slow down the speaker and I add spaces. Right. No. Uh, after that, we've got uh, Kirill... A Satter, uh, the CEO of Centerfin. And we got our makeup recording with Stefan Mathia Davis. Uh, he's the CEO of QAI and our first uh, AI expert. Uh, Roger Corey, after that, the CEO of Market Forecasting Academy. I was looking through their website. That looks like that should be a really interesting conversation. Uh, and then we should wrap out the month with Kira Turner, uh, our second trader from T3 Live. She's a stock and options trader. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And that was uh, Derek Goldensmith. Yeah. Yep, re- yep. Referred her. Excellent. Yeah. All right, folks, we have got an identifiable, idealistic, idiotic show for you today. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Twitter users call it a market bottom. Oh my God, there's so many. Bottoms in, boys! <laughs> By the dip! The Twitter feed is full of them. Like, oh my God. Like, well, at least let it break structure, guys. Oh, so reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, Discord. Obviously, we'll have the link in the episode description. Or if you're old school, you can send us an email to two bulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two. Or you can give us a phone call to 725-22-BULLS. That's 725-222-8557. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you just woke up stuck on an alien world, trying your best to blend in with the Arctic locals. But they keep trying to light you on fire. What? Uh, That sounds like the thing, but... 
from the alien perspective? It's the thing. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. My other guess is going to be the the animal on Hoth that got is got gutted, but then you threw me off with the lighting on fire. <laughs> you just woke up. You found some tasty breakfast. <laughs> You're helping out some uh, some visitors, uh, and then you get caught in a snowstorm, and they gut you. Next thing you know, you just gutted. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, you got it. It was the thing. Oh. It doesn't matter. Nice. We just love it when you reach out. All right. I guess it's time to talk about the bet results. Yay. <laughs> what happened, Dan? I I shorted Ford, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, and it almost, almost did me well. It almost did me well, but it, it did not end up doing me well. I think you're looking all right till Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It opened at 1155 and it was hovering lower. My first take profit was at 1050. It didn't it didn't quite get down that low, but it, it had hope until the market just rallied and then it, it hit my stop at eleven seventy five. So I lost eight dollars, brought my bet total down to four hundred and thirty seven dollars thirty two cents. Uh I used the random stock picker because uh, I was just facing decision fatigue and I went along with SOLN. Uh they opened the week at fifty seventy five and closed at fifty two ten. So now I am sitting Pretty in the lead with $519.12. Oh, well done, you random bastard. <laughs> random did not have such great luck. He uh, picked DK, which opened the week at $27.93 and closed at $25. So now random's all the way down at $376.62. All right. Well, yeah, kicking random's ass. Yeah, random is not having a good week. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, random. All right. Well, stick around. We've got one more bet. For the month of June. I, oh, is this a good time for me to talk about visiting the strip club to get an interview? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've been looking forward to hearing this. There you go. All right. So I went in on a, a Saturday. I went into one of the larger clubs here in Tucson. Mm-hmm. No cover charge because I was... A journalist? Because you had media credentials? Because I mean... No. <laughs> Because I promised I was there to buy some dances. Oh, uh, the, co- the the cover charge was just like a two drink minimum or something, which I drank oh, anyway. Gotcha. Two Coors Lights cost me six dollars total. Yeah. Total, not uh, bad. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I should just come here for the bar. Jesus, I know, right? It was about one thirty p.m. The club was about, I would say, thirty five percent full. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking, if I was counting the number of chairs, I I did a rough count and and got to about thirty five percent. Mostly just groups of people sitting at tables. Mm-hmm. Not really a lot of floor dancing going on. Like they had a lady up dancing on the main stage, but uh, not a lot of floor lap dances. Right. I was like, I started tipping the girls on the stage and being like, "Hey, I want to dance," and, and they're like, "Uh huh." And then after their songs, they <laughs> go sit back down at their table. Right. Where they were sitting before the dance and like, they're not giving dances. Right. They're at these tables talking. I'm like, Jesus, what the hell's happening? I did eventually get a, 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 a dancer to come over and be like, so you want to dance? And I'm like, yes, sit down. I want to talk. I'm paying you for the dance. And she's like, three songs, 25 bucks. I'm like, sold. <laughs> She'd been there 10 years and straight up said, yeah, the amount of people right in here right now is abysmally slow compared to when she started in 2012. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She said in 2012, the a Saturday afternoon would be a packed lunch crowd. When was the last one? Did she say when the last time it was slow? What, what she's been saying is, is it's been a, prog- she told me it was, it's been a progressively slower and slower environment. Interesting. 
since since 2012 and uh, the pandemic really slowed things down and it's never really recovered since yeah some of that could just be the covid fears i guess getting lap dances is probably not social distancing yeah probably not probably not <laughs> anyway long story short she was like definitely the the economy as viewed through the strip club is is getting worse mm-hmm. it's never really recovered from the pandemic in her eyes but she assured me she's making more than enough to pay her bills <laughs> she have any predictions for the future uh she she thinks it's picking up yeah she thinks it's start the, the clubs are starting to pick up so maybe twitter's right maybe twitter's right could be uh hmm. i i said i i felt like strip clubs were a luxury and she laughed and she's like no honey they're they're a necessity <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that is that, that's the strip club report i'm thinking you need to edit this one down but we should put the full report on our discord yeah if you want to hear the full the full report then uh, make sure you check out the discord we'll make sure we get it uploaded in there and the show updates yeah that's just that's that's just a piece of all the rambling bullshit i just spouted at kyle <laughs> all right time to actually do a show now yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's let's talk about some news. Now drops okay. on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't want to lose. We're just skipping to pools, trading information. Yeah, we are. Rioters raiding, oh. insider trading, taxes mm. are raising, bills mm. on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, Dan. trading information. What? Tuples trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Tuples trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? What we, what we got for the news today, Kyle? Um, well, remember our good friend Bullard? No, yeah, I remember Bullard, the Fed dude. He was the, the uber hawk and has now become like the savior of the markets, it seems like. It seems like he did it again. Uh, the Fed was t- uh, testifying before Congress. Powell was talking about the uh, soft landing being challenging. The uh, central bank had as the central bank is uh, tightening policy more aggressively, reaffirmed the members' unconditional commitment to bring inflation down. Uh, He did acknowledge that weaker outcomes are certainly possible and remained steadfast in his belief that the economy is strong and consumer was in good shape. But James Bullard is the one who jumps up and says that the fears of the recession are overblown. Uh, He said, we're in the early stages of a U.S. recovery or U.S. expansion. We are beyond recovery, he said. Uh, Then we also got the University of Michigan's final June readings of consumer inflation expectations coming in at 3.1%, which is below that initially reported level. And that was the, uh, that was the report that caused them to go at the 0.75 BIP or 75 BIPs. So that uh, between what uh, Bullard was saying and that report coming out that potentially reduced the urgency for the steeper rate, uh, rate hikes. People are thinking that that's some of what was causing the uh, the the relief rally that we're seeing right now. Uh, another part of it is the um, crude oil falling for the second straight week. Uh, I think it traded Friday around 107 a barrel. Uh, gas prices still not dropping. Um, I just talked to my dad yesterday, and he was telling me in Oklahoma, where normally gas is pretty cheap, uh, it's like 550 for regular. Oof. Good lord. Oof. Yeah. Yep. So. 
hopefully we start to see those gas prices start to come down. But, but I don't know. It's really, it seems like the, the pivot of Powell to Hawk and Bullard to Dove, like we've got this really weird Freaky Friday thing going on between the two of them. Yeah, it's, it's giving me Fed whiplash. Uh, yeah, yeah. You get one on there and like, oh, we're going to raise rates aggressively. Inflation's out of control. And the other guy's like, oh, yeah, uh, there's no recession. We're good. <laughs> yeah, un- unconditional, like like uh, unreserved. They're just going to do whatever. I think you had the, uh, the the Michigan report, too. I think there's some more details in that. Yeah, I was going to say it, that that goes very nicely with uh, the University of Michigan's survey of consumers that came out and said that on the consumer end, inflation's expected to rise at 5.3%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the expectation was consumers were going to think that it was going up 5.4% from the preliminary reading. So it's, it's a slightly lower. But it is still the highest level of uncertainty over for long run inflation since 1991. Um, 1991 was a good year, wasn't it? <laughs> I was nine, so I don't think I was paying attention to the economy. Right. It had to have been. It ended up being a great decade. So that was pre spy. Pre spy. So we can't look it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I could look at the Dow, but who cares yeah. about the Dow? Who cares about the Dow? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, overall, the the survey went on to say overall consumer sentiment sentiment has fallen to a record low, hitting fifty. Which I don't know what the scale of consumer sentiment is, uh, but it's it's fourteen percent lower than where it was in May. I think it's zero to ten, isn't it? Oh no. <laughs> 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 to 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 quote the surveys of consumers director Joanne Sue. Uh, consumers across income, age, education, geographic region, political affiliation, stockholding and homeownership status all posted large declines. So like like you were saying uh, a few weeks ago, like if everybody's expecting it's going to be a bear market, doesn't it prime you for a bull one? Uh, right. Se- 79% of consumers expect bad times in the year ahead for business conditions. Mm. And about about half of consumers blaming inflation for eroding their living standards. Inflation and oil. And that's that's just one the forty seven percent, and that's just one point shy of the all time high reached during the Great Recession. Oh man, the Great Recession was not a fun time. I really don't want to revisit that. No, not your favorite couple of years. No, no, not really. What, what else do we got in the news? Well, copper prices are going down. What does that mean? You can finally afford uh, to fill a money bin with pennies and swim in it like you've always wanted. If you just buy it, <laughs> copper. Um, <laughs> it uh, it actually is a sign that uh, global growth is slowing, according to the director of commodity strategy at TD Securities, Daniel Golly. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, because it's being used in so many different construction. Yes, construction. You, you know, electric wires, water pipes. Uh, it's a mainstay of construction materials. So if copper's falling, it means people aren't. You know, businesses aren't building. Yeah, I didn't realize that Russia accounted for four percent of the global copper input or output. So yeah, that's not helping. Uh, the article that you're referencing here, yeah, it looks like that there was some stockpiling that happened when the uh, the war broke out, and then now mm-hmm. that stockpiling impulse has kind of ended. So I don't know how much of this is less demand and more just that people bought too much. They over they've got too much of a supply. 
Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I guess I could go either way on that. So, yeah, yeah, it could be just like a little copper bubble. But at the same time, I I think I think we are starting to transition into a slowdown, like where I think we're yeah. seeing a lot of companies, they're ending their hiring. They're like, they, they weren't finding people. So it's like, okay, well, we're just going to stop trying to hire people. The shrinking is beginning. Yeah. And a lot of the copper use, I got to think, goes into like new home construction and mm-hmm. with uh, interest rates going up like they are, like you got to think that that's going to slow down just because, you know, as it gets more expensive to get a loan, people are going to be less likely to, to buy. So that means you don't need to build as many. Yeah. And, and I think this goes right along with consumer sentiment because uh, this is speaking to business sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to quote the article, it's quoting Chris Williamson, chief business economist at S&P Global Market Intelligence. Uh, business confidence is now at a level which would typically herald an economic downturn, adding to the risk of recession. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bam, copper as a bellwether yeah. for business confidence. Take that, Bullard. Take that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, if, if, if growth in China does pick up later this year, as expected, the prices for copper and other metals should rebound when they start right. building again. But uh, right now, I mean, retail sales have contracted for three months in a row. Global growth is slumping. Mm-hmm. Global growth may be slumping, but the, the last story I have comes from JP Morgan. Uh, they are predicting a 7% uh, gain next week as investors uh, rebalance their portfolios after the first half of the year. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, t- this, they did say uh, in the article to talk about how rebalances typically do not become like main drivers for markets, but because the market has declined so much and in the, the market moved, uh, like, the market move is very large and in the same direction. Uh, then they can play a lot, uh, a much bigger outsized role. Yeah, because the market has dropped so much that they and actually the, a lot of these companies have so much cash right now too. You got to think that they're going to start to deploy that soon. They're going to have to 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 buy more of the stocks because the stocks are down so much, and then sell right. off some of the other assets that have been outperforming. Right, right, right. Which I wonder what is outperforming right now. Oil, <laughs> energy, oh, oil. There you go. Yeah. Well, may- yeah. oh God, we have been seeing energy get smacked down this uh-huh. week. Yeah. Yes, we have. Oh, good point. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Kolanovic expects equities to rise 7% next week and bonds to feel moderate downward pressure. 7% would be a great week. <laughs> right. Just- that put us at like around 417 on the spy. Okay. That's a bold prediction. That's a pretty fucking good move if that's the case. Yeah. I was watching for 401, 402, see that gap get filled, but anything more than that is just going to be gravy. All right. We need your segue. Yeah, my segue was pretty filthy, though. I don't know if I should say it. I mean, you can always bleep it. You know who's got a gap to f- <laughs> Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Who's, who's going to love me after this episode? Two Bulls in a China Bro. Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen, a Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. 
Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even that amazing reverse mortgage, Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out, see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206-048. That email again is S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Two Bulls is also proud to be affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. They're our favorite people. Uh, I don't know. They're, I think they're kind of tied now with Orderflow Labs, but... Oh, uh, it's too late. I already I already named my kids Vic and George. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Trade Pro is the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs new and, and experienced independent traders. What this means is that if you're on Twitter and you think the bottom is in, they can help. <laughs> <laughs> they can show you how market structure and fundamentals work and do it at a, a rate that would probably save you a lot more money than just going all in uh, on, a, on a bear market rally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can just use our affiliate link in that episode description. Also, if you do join that Discord, we have a 10% discount code. Uh, George is still unaware. Yes. Uh, it's a great way to support the show and prove your own knowledge and skills. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If you did want to to get even crazier and, and you've watched the Trade Pro futures courses and, and you're like, I want to step up my game even further, I got to tell you about the awesome, amazing guys over at order flow labs mm -hmm. uh they they've got this super toolkit for trading futures on sierra charts ninja traders motive wave uh just just their custom studies for structure and execution are unparalleled they've got uh, that dominator signal is just bonkers good i love that dominator buy cell zones reconstructed tape uh it, it's just yeah they I mean, I hesitate to use the phrase, they're the bee's knees. Cause That's reserved for uber cool. <laughs> they're like the bee's knees plus their legs plus their wings. Yeah. I don't think it's cool enough. Uh, right. <laughs> see, I don't need a script, Kyle. I can just do a read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're constantly adding and testing new studies. They offer just so much support uh, and help for you to use their tools. They're just really solid, solid people. Uh, so if you are trading futures, do yourself a favor. Check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Also check out the uh, the Orderflow Labs series that we're doing with them, the Back to the Futures. If you're into futures, you, you'd love this series. Yeah. Uh, working with Flary. Uh, Job is coming on for the next one. Yeah. Um, then I think we'll probably get Leo for episode four. And the guys, like, they care. They want you to do well. They they want to share their knowledge. They want to help people. Flary's been active in our Discord, even helping not people who have questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw him interacting with Joel the other day uh, as Joel was trying to build data for his trading plan. Uh, just great people all around. Yeah. Tried. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really excited about the next episode of Back to the Futures. It should be coming out on the 30th. That's right. I was imply I was referring to like recording episode three with oh, Joe, yeah. but you you're right. Like we're gonna release episode two. That oh episode two. Woo! That was so good. <laughs> that's some that's some good stuff right there. Yeah, just you wait. Yeah. Anyway, hey Kyle, should we talk about some stocks? Yes. Stock 
about stocks and time Looking for setups and still not advice Big moves, fresh news and earnings All that we're saying is still not advice that lawyers oh what do you want to start with here dan i think we gotta start up we gotta start with uh the big jewel controversy there's a controversy i it's controversial to me i mean the whipsawing there was a fda ban on jewel e-cigarettes that got enacted but uh on friday the federal appeals court temporary blocked the ban Mm. So, yeah, on Thursday, FDA said Juul must stop selling its vaping device and its tobacco and menthol flavored cartridges. Part of a the FDA trying to bring the FDA trying to bring scrutiny to vaping industry. Mm-hmm. I I find I mean, I guess they, they targeted Juul specifically for, for their ad practices. Uh, I think to the flavors that they they used were the flavors. Okay, I don't know why anybody wants cucumber and how cucumber can be considered marketing to the young people. Cucumber is disgusting. <laughs> clearly, clearly not marketing to you. I mean, they're not doing like like. Okay, so this is no good. Like bubblegum flavor is marketing to kids, but candy cigarettes are okay. Well, I don't think candy cigarettes are a thing anymore. Oh, probably not. They were when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if Altrero is making those too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I I did see like Circle K's here in Tucson had signs on all their doors like "Can't we're not selling you any jewel." And they they were still the signs are still up on Friday, so I don't know if if they're selling them today or not. I haven't left my house. Mm-hmm. The stock itself kind of got beat down, but the, the decline started on the eighth, which I think is interesting. Like volume really kicked up then. Uh, Morgan Stanley downgraded them i don't know if that's what caused it or if people had some kind of ideas that this was in the works but stock did uh find a bottom around 40 dollars, 41 dollars. bounced nicely on the news of that uh ban being uh on on hold at least for now but uh, the stock does not look good it's uh it's finally broken it's uh, bull market structure yeah, especially you look at it on the on the daily it's it's yeah like you said it just broke its structure and and even though everything else was up Friday, it, it had a nice little doji. Yep, it certainly did. A lot of volume on that doji too. Um, I gotta I gotta say, as as someone who has recently quit smoking, I'm wondering like what what what's the point? Like we're gonna we're gonna ban this form of nicotine and not others? Like what what are we doing here? Well, I think some of the other things like wasn't Biden trying to push uh, um, reducing the nicotine content in cigarettes too? Yeah, now that uh, yeah, I'm all for that. You know, I am like, too. I think that's the smart way to do it. Right. Just hopefully it doesn't mean people smoke twice as much trying to get the same fix. Like like the fifth, fifth element where the cigarette becomes 80% filter. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, well, now I'll just smoke 800 cigarettes a day. Maybe instead of worrying about the nicotine, they should worry about the tar. Like, let's get the tar out of the cigarettes. Can you do that? Right. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I guess that's not. the point anyway. of the vaping, right? That's the point of the vaping. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So we're... we're we're going to ban vaping, but not cigarettes. Right. Which that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, what are we doing here? Like we're yeah. going to allow nicotine, but we're going to, we're going to like get rid of the safer way to ingest it. <laughs> right. I, I have no clue what this is. And yeah, the whole like marketing to, to kids with fruit and dessert flavors. Like I'm the kind of person that they loves fruit and dessert flavors. Mm-hmm. 
And and you as too. the matchseniors.com advertisements have told me, I'm middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of offended. I'm kind of offended and I feel like it's the FDA calling me a child. They're calling us children. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so keep an eye on that uh, 41 level. See if it uh, if it continues to hold that as support. Uh, right now, it's pushing oh, yeah. up. Uh, I got a support somewhere around forty three, and then another one around forty five. If it challenges that forty five, that'd be the first spot where I start to look for a reposition for a short. And if it breaks above that, then then uh, maybe it's got better times ahead of it. But I have a hard time seeing that happen. Yeah, I I I do too. I'm gonna be eyeing forty to break. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it doesn't yeah. go up and retest. Just eye that breakout at 40. Yep. Uh, all right. What else have we got? I've got a story from Wells Fargo, which kind of combines some of the things. The story is about the CEO, Charlie Scharf, who's come on. Um, but the thing I was more interested in was about the the laying off of all the people they did in their mortgage division. <laughs> like, if that doesn't tell Ooh. you that uh, the home, uh, housing market is coming into a slowdown, like, I don't know what else. What else you need? Right, right. Sure. Uh, this guy apparently he was put in place to try to help the bank move beyond a bunch of scandals. Started in 2016. If you remember when we talked to Ian Fraser, uh, I think that came up with the Wells Fargo opening of fake accounts. Uh, that scandal actually led to the Federal Reserve to cap the bank, uh, an asset cap that the bank is str- uh, limited to. So they're still dealing with those challenges. But there's been some other scandals, too. <laughs> no, uh, a scandal in the finance industry. Never. Yeah. Um, in June, they were accused of conducting sham interviews with women and non-white candidates for jobs that have already been given to others. And then in March, the bank engaged in, according to Bloomberg, the bank engaged in discriminate lending practices. Uh, Wells Fargo denies that, of course. And then it uh, recently fired dozens of loan officers that are accused of improperly changing home valuations in its internal systems to trigger appraisal waivers. Wait, their employees were still gaming the system to hit their numbers and metrics? Insanity. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, the story is about how he's trying to, to make the business better, trying to reduce its... Um, he's trying to cut $10 billion in costs from the bottom line. He's trying to... Uh, he's drastically changed how they operate its $2 trillion wealth management business. Uh, he plans to grow the business to put it in competition with banks like J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. But... Uh, he's got a lot of work to do here. Oh yeah, watch Wells Fargo. Uh, WFC is the ticker. Looking, looking at at the daily now, drawing some levels. It's currently at forty dollars seventy six cents. I've got it between two big levels of forty four half and thirty five uh, on the long term levels. Yeah, forty four is a good one. I like that. I see that one. Um, yeah, I just. Uh... There's a big balance area that it's broken below, so this looks kind of bearish again, too. Where's your uh, bottom target at? My bottom target, it would be the the 2020 low range, uh, 20, $23. I see 34 is the next support. Oh, yeah, it's 30, 35 is that next support, but it, it, it breaks through there. Like, it, I think it's... Yeah. I mean, well, Wells Fargo keeps coming out with bad news and bad numbers. <laughs> also, they keep you know, uh, doing illegal shit. (laughs) 
Stop doing that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not even a legend. Like they keep getting like caught red-handed. Like right, <laughs> it's not even fighting in court. They're just paying fines. Like <laughs> there's, it's not slander to say. <laughs> right. There's still there's still a little gap down there too. Around twenty seven dollars. It's not much of one. Ooh, yeah. That might be getting filled soon. You know, I, I like a good gap to fill. Me too. All right. Any other stocks on the uh, the radar? Oh, yeah. Kellogg. Kellogg is a stock picker K. Uh, they've been doing they've been doing all right, but they, they came out uh, this week and said that they are uh, they're splitting into three companies. Interesting. So, yeah. what are the businesses yeah. they're splitting off? So, so there's going to be a cereal breakfast cereal business, mm-hmm. right? Because Kellogg, obviously, cornflakes, frosted flakes, Rice Krispies. Yeah, they're gonna split. In one company, is gonna focus on snacks, Pringles chips. Mm-hmm. I guess Kellogg's is, is does does Pringles. Uh, and then the third company, plant based foods, because Kellogg's owns uh, Morning Star Farms, yeah. plant based fake meat company. Which actually, I I think they've got pretty good products. Like I've had Morning Star Farms mm. burger patties. I mean, it's not the Beyond Meat ones when you throw on the grill. It just tastes crazy like meat. Right. But that's not here nor there. It's not about Kellogg. Uh, they had, you know, 2021, the Kellogg's had $14 billion in sales. And 11.4 of that was generated by its snack division. Yeah. With Cheez-Its, Pringles, and Pop-Tarts. Um, all good stuff. I, I <laughs> actually do wonder, like, what... What's why are they spinning into three companies when the vast majority of their sales are generated by the snack division? Well, if you spin off, you can hold on to the highest performing assets. You can wrap them up into one egg and then you can you can leave the other two to, to basically uh, one. It should optimize it, streamline it. You don't have uh, your management structure trying to come up with three different global strategies. You can focus on mm-hmm. just one. Uh, it does increase management costs now because now you have to have a new CEO for each of the new companies, but should allow them to focus more on, on th- like just cereal rather than having like the tension split between three different ones. But it also could be just a way to increase interest for like, you know, uh, somebody to acquire them, those, uh, other assets, depending on how many, I guess, shares, uh, uh are available or how much stake they're retaining. Uh, usually spinoffs are a good thing from what I understand, but I could be wrong on that. So if you do own shares of Kellogg, what will end up happening is you'll get uh, a prorated shares. You'll end up getting like your one share of Kellogg will be worth the three total shares that you get for all the different companies. They'll all add up to the value of the one. So it doesn't like make you any money, yeah. but you'll get it'll basically diversify you into three different stocks. How's the market? How's the market viewing that news? Uh, on the, the daily, uh, there was a really big sell off on the, the 21st, which was the, the date of this article. Uh, like the, the volume was huge and it, it went on well, that day. It opened at 71 and it closed at, uh, 68.86. It was running up pretty good right before that. So I wonder if that was kind of a sell the news kind of situation. Yeah. Like buy the rumors, sell the news. It's, and it's just, like the volume spike was incredible, more than twice the average volume that day. Yeah. But on Wednesday, it it hit the low of sixty six dollars sixty seven cents. It closed Friday at seventy dollars seventy two cents. So it's almost completely undone that whole big sell off. 
from right. Tuesday. So I'd say the the market seems to be a fan. Yeah, where I have that right now is a really strong resistance level right now. That's 71. I think if it can pop mm. above that, then it can start challenging those uh, uh, highs on the year, 52-week highs around 76, 75. So. 75, 56. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. The the high, I'm, I'm, I'm going way back. I'm looking at 52 2016 there. <laughs> yeah, 52 week high, 75, 56. Yeah, I I like Kellogg. I've I, I've made some options plays before mm-hmm. on it. Like you can see that March through April rally. Yeah, when it just more it went just moved from 60 up to 70. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Anyway, also I guess I guess it makes it so if you want to invest, is something like you want to invest in their Morningstar Farms if you think. Meatless is the future. gives gives the investor the chance to focus just as much as the company. Right. Maybe you don't believe in the future of pop tarts, but you do believe in the future of plant based meats. <laughs> yeah, or maybe you're like you hate plant based meats. You're like I'm a meat person and I I love Pringles, but you know, fuck you, Morningstar Farms. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway, all right. Let's move on. Move on. Talk about some crypto. Sure. Is that is that what we do? Yeah. Let's do that. Um, we've got a couple crypto stories to talk about. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with yours. All right. Uh, I have one on the SEC's directive that is saying the customer's digital assets need to be treated as belonging to an exchange's balance sheet. Um, that has banking regulators scratching their heads into how it'll work. And I think this decision is actually what caused that whole Coinbase uh, craziness. Wait, so uh, hold on. Let's before you dive too far into the story. Yeah. I thought I owned the crypto. Okay, let's see how this is actually working. So on Wednesday, let's see, uh, this is from the 22nd, um, said that a much debated move by the SEC has thrown a potential wrench into common practice for how the central bank and banking regulators view digital assets held by lenders. Uh, in Powell's remarks on his testimony monetary policy, uh, or these remarks came when he was testifying before the Senate Banking Committee. So the staff accounting bulletin number 121, uh, the SEC advised firms holding customers digital assets that they need to consider those assets as belonging to the company's own balance sheets. So that's what caused Coinbase to declare in that public filing that customers' assets may be caught up in the company with the companies in a hypothetical bankruptcy. Oh, Right? Because they're now on the balance sheet. Yeah. I, I don't understand how that is. Like, uh, custody assets, uh, what Powell told everyone was that custody assets are off balance sheet have always been. The SEC made a different decision as it relates to digital assets for reasons it explained, and now we have to consider those. Uh, as this relates to banks that the Fed oversees in the U.S., Powell said the SEC's interpretation is, quote, something we're focusing on very closely right now end quote, added that his agency is working with other banking regulators to figure out how it might change the way they assess lenders that keep cryptocurrencies. Mm. Uh, After that filing from Coinbase, the Biden administration was pushing from behind the scenes to insist that 
future legal uh, legislation require legal walls to protect customers' digital assets. And then the, another incident over at Celsius Network that halted customer withdrawals last week through a spotlight on the problem shielding customers' monies. Yeah, if the if the Fed's not going to insure crypto assets, which they do not, uh, I don't see how they can wrap those assets up in the company's balance sheet. That makes no sense. Coinbase should not include my holdings on their books. Like that's not part of the assets that they oversee. And if they go into bankruptcy, those assets should not be given out to uh, creditors who have first dibs on it over I do as the holder of the fucking uh, uh, assets. That's bullshit. Aren't you a creditor? I would think so. For the, for the value <laughs> of your assets? <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's, I mean, it's digital. So is the analogy of when I put my money in the bank, does the bank get that money on its balance sheet as their money? It shouldn't be. I really don't know. And I think Powell agrees with that. Powell seems to be uh, thrown for a loop too, because I mean, he's specifically saying custody assets are off balance sheet and have always been. Yeah. And the SEC, some reason, decided to, to make a different decision. For digital. Yep. That's crazy. Like, I mean, I maybe somebody like Robinhood, where they're like, okay, you don't actually own the crypto. We buy the crypto, but we just earmark it as quote quote unquote yours i could see a situation like that being like okay well the crypto's on their books because i don't actually own it as i'm a robin hood customer that i put in this much money and said i want this much crypto and they'll when i sell it they'll give me that money right it's it's a weird kind of middleman situation i might understand it in that situation I, uh, yeah is that just to keep you from having a wallet i don't know i don't I don't understand it. i don't agree with it coinbase you get your own wallet more like a safe deposit box where i put gemstones in and even if they're holding custody even if they're holding custody of it like in the case that you made with robin hood that still yeah. that is not their assets just because they're holding it for you like i don't hold my shares through td ameritrade but they're mine i paid for them if i if something were to happen to td ameritrade i'd be reimbursed for what i held with them that's true what a crazy crazy time <laughs> yeah when they talk about the wild west they're kidding yeah. Well, and then you mentioned Celsius earlier. They were they're a crypto bank which had a liquidity crisis as uh, it, they actually halted withdrawals on uh, what, yeah. June twelfth. Plays plays right in to what they're called now calling the crypto winter. Oh, winter in June. A winter in in June. They're not, you know, and, and Celsius isn't the only one. It kind of did a domino effect. Three Arrows Capital, a multi billion dollar hedge fund, mm -hmm. had their own liquidity crunch. Companies that had loans to Three Arrows Capital had to take emergency measures themselves down the whole chain, if you will, blockchain. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, see, I see what I did. Yeah, hmm. I did. I did. Yeah, the liquidity just it it just kept going and paying it forward. Mm -hmm. It's not looking good for crypto. I mean, you look at the amount of electricity used to mine; it's just plummeting. Bet down by. About half for overall crypto. I think Ethereum, it's down even more. Well, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. They're getting hit twice, the crypto miners, because energy costs are going up mm -hmm. and the value of crypto is going down. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of getting hit on both ends. So it makes sense that they'd be mining less. But hopefully that the, the hope is like you said last week when we were talking about the falling value is that the less they mine, the more supply gets, the less supply there is and the more that should help offset the, the falling demand. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the the first. There's a little bit of an ebb and flow, kind of kind of like fracking. Like the price of oil has to get up high enough for for fracking to become profitable. Right. You know, there's a lot of suboptimal equipment out there that can, has been used for mining, but it's only like profitable because of the extra energy it makes. When, when it's only profitable when crypto is worth so much. Right. And then like it hits a point where crypto gets low enough and then you your first round of people like okay well i've got older gpus and the amount of energy like i better i can't i can't afford it and now and then we're hitting we're hitting that point where it's it's like well i've got the most efficient rig there is and it's not profitable to mine ethereum right causing liquidity crises crises uh crises. Yeah, sure causing a liquidity crisis all over the place so we'll see we'll see what happens i mean i don't think the big ones are going away but maybe this will cull the herd of a lot of shit coins uh yeah hopefully let, let the strong survive well <sighs> drop ow <laughs> no lead up i just want to <laughs> you want to get in there all right. Even though I shot first, I can go first if you want. Oh no! no, no. Okay, I got it. I got a good. I did my homework from uh, the fl- unreleased the futures two episode. What was the homework again? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh <laughs> shit! I'm I'm sending Flurry a message right now. Kyle didn't do his homework. He doesn't even know what he is. He doesn't take it seriously. I know. Don't tattle. Nobody likes a tattle. Uh, teachers, pets, and <laughs> sycophants love a tattle. So you've been looking at the the profiles then. I've been looking at the yeah the TPO profiles and and observing balance and and I've been observing moving f- from balance out of balance and back into balance. It, it was a pretty good week for that. It's neat stuff. It really is. Uh, I, I remember leading up to it and we're making the discussion. I was looking at. I was trying to do some uh, just studies before we started talking to them and looking at like when we're hitting that bottom, watching value increasing because you can see very clearly the balance area is shifting up within the the range that we were in and then we got the breakout right after that it was really cool to see that that happen like all the pieces coming together yeah i agree i love market profile i'm a convert only took Varen what 12 months to get us to finally read the book (laughs) (laughs) all right right yeah um what was my good that's a good question (laughs) Took it right out of my mouth. Uh, my, I think my good, this week was really challenging as far as like the signals I was getting from my trading setups. Uh, I was actually yeah. able to sit on my hands for the better part of like two days and not take any trades. So I feel like that was really good on my end, not trying to force anything. Yeah, it's hard to do that. It really is. but so At least for, for me, I, I have a hard time sitting on my hands. It it helps when I have when I'm building deck. The more data I get that shows that the strategy I have is profitable, the easier it becomes to sit on my hands. Until we get to the bad, where I actually did break that rule. <laughs> my I gotta say, uh, I think my bad was was just Thursday being right about what was going to happen with the based on TPO imbalance and still trading so poorly uh, that I didn't make any money. That I lost money. Just getting the, the entries not right or not my, optimal? Uh, yeah, like my execution was just so bad. I mean, Thursday, Thursday morning, the the SPY got up to, you know, around 378. And I was like, oh, this is a good time to short it. And somehow mm-hmm. uh, I I short it and get get stopped out. And then it runs down, you know, 
to 373 and I'm like, this is a good time to go long. And I go long, I get stopped out and it goes back up to 378. I'm like, what the, how, how is this happening? Uh, The good news is though, there is good to take out of that. You've got the right, you're reading it right. If it's just trying to get the entries figured out, then that means that you're really close then I would think. Yeah, I would, I would hope I would, I sure hope so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I don't feel that way. My when I take my set scores, they're they're pretty depressed. Yeah. Uh what what was what was your bad? My bad was uh definitely uh taking a trade that was outside my setups. Uh that uh, happened on Thursday. It finally cracked. Uh, I saw a level holding so well that I took a short on it and then I got paid on it, so it worked out, but it was still not something I should have been doing. Or at least doing it on sim so I can collect data. Uh, but just, I guess you can only take sitting on your hands for so long. Yeah. Uh, do you have an ugly for uh, this week? Um, yeah, I'd say my ugly was, was Friday. Um, I tried to take a short <laughs> against that, that super rally, but it was, I, I was basing it on what was happening on a combined mega cap chart. Yeah. And after the fact, I realized that I, I was waiting the combined chart wrong and poorly and and when i weighted it not based on market cap when i weighted it based on percentage of the actual spy etf yeah it was not showing me that bearish data that i thought i was seeing gotcha it was it was i i considered it ugly because i i didn't put the brain power into my combined chart to you know, if I'm going to be trading the spy, I want that combined mega chart to be representing the spy, not arbitrarily like let's pretend all these companies are the same size. Like that doesn't do anything to help me trade the spy. Right. Uh, but now uh, I have I have that, that fixed. I took took that ugly, made it something better. Then that actually that actually improved the uh, the the indicator you used too, right? Didn't it actually show you? Did it show you bullishness or just not bearishness? Yeah. The- the the moment I switched it over to that 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 five minute those series of five minute candles did have higher lows. Interesting. Instead of lower lows. Very interesting. Good job, man. You turned a bad and an ugly into two goods. I think. I time will tell. <laughs> time will I mean, tell on that. Sounds like it I feel be. much better about the mega cap chart now. For yeah. sure. Uh, uh, I guess my ugly then was telling you to wait it by market cap <laughs> back when you were first <laughs> putting it together as an idea. <laughs> Shit, man, I'm sorry. Hey, 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 Vico supported it too. I ran it by him. He was like, "Oh yeah, that's good to have." All right, well, ugly for Vico too. Also, speaking of Vico, this is quick PSA. If you're getting messages from him saying to join his signals uh, group or, or some fun that he's starting, it's not Vico. That's him being hacked. Don't join it. Vico would never message you. And talk about trading signals. Vico's about learning, not copying. Yeah. I saw a thing from George, too. Oh, really? George? Goddamn. Yeah, this is funny. I didn't see the thing from Vico, but uh, George, they were pretending to be him and being like, turn your account over to me. I'll just trade it for you and build it up. George would never do that either. That's what he said. He's like, "Uh, I will teach you how to do it. I am not going to do it for you. So George and Vico are both part of our server too. If you, they're getting really good at this. They copy the numbers on their names too, so it looks like it really is them. If you look at the mutual servers, 
if you don't see them showing up on our server too, then it's very obviously not them. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, and before we before we move on, I I hmm. we also we both got uh, spammed from. I'm assuming the unusual Wales server. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I had a private message, and you can go over to the Discord because, of course, I took a screenshot and shared it with everybody. That was like. Hey, join our crypto pump server. We let you know about the pumps before the pumps so you can get in on the ground floor. And uh, they didn't use the word dump, but it was like literally like, hey, yeah. we're a pump and dump operation. Join us and buy the crypto we're about to pump. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I think this is the pump. <laughs> Please don't fall for those things. <laughs> Yeah, don't fall for that. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that yeah. going around on Discord. Oh, when please, people, please. It's sad, too, because they're preying on fear. Like, when the markets are dumping like this and people are down, like, the, mm-hmm. the impulse is to try to do something to get it back. And then that's just going to, that impulse is just going to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no shortcuts. And we this. know because we've tried. There's none. <laughs> we've tried so hard. Yeah. <laughs> As a guy who loves shortcuts, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell you there is no shortcut. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of cutting yeah. short, right. uh, what uh, what do you say we talk about a bet? Let's do it. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. Building my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right. All right, Kyle. What are you uh. gonna do? I know what I what I want to do, but I'm scared that this rally is going to continue and just run right over my pick. So man, I, I feel like I should be going long yeah. on something, right? I would agree with that. Because uh, uh, Neo has got a ton of options flow. Oh, really? And they're like right at the spot where I want to short them. <laughs> They've got bullish options flow. Yeah, yeah. Pull up their chart real quick. Look at them on the daily. Oh, that is a gorgeous looking short spot. I know, right? It also looks like the bottom is kind of rounding on it, though. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And I get okay, okay. I guess I guess I could I could make a conditional trade, right? Uh, it's gone bullish off of its low on May twelfth. Let's say. Oof. All right. If if uh, if it opens above twenty four half, then I will go long. And if it opens below twenty four half, I'll go short. Hello. And it's the last one of the month. No stops. No take profits. Just this. Whatever happens, happens. All right. I was trying to decide between just going with the SPXL. Yeah. Or Bristol Myers Squib. Bristol Myers Squib finally broke up above that um, seventy-eight half resistance that it's been banging up against and trying to break for 
uh, since basically April. Oh yeah. Um, not completely convinced on the volume up here yet, but uh, I do like seeing it at 79 right now. That's pretty, pretty nice in my books. That's wild. That's just had a crazy week. Yeah. Oh man. I was, I was eyeing that too. That's 73. I probably would have been stopped out if I did try it though. Uh, the other option is SPXL, the 3X bull fund for the spy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one I want to go with because there's just that juicy gap. And then with what JP Morgan's saying about rebalancing, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, there's a lot of people that don't believe in this rally. And I think that when too many people try to predict one thing, they uh, end up not doing so well. The, oh, the, so when everybody lines up one way, that's when they get hurt. So yeah, I think I'm going to go long SPXL. Oh, so you're going to be super bullish. I am. I'm going to be super okay. bullish and I'm going to take profit right at $80. Okay. And we'll put our stop at 70. Nice and tight. Not going to matter if I get two dick pics, I'm done anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Send them in, boys. Send them in. <laughs> And if you're a woman who's received a dick pic, just forward that one to Kyle. Everybody can play this game. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it doesn't... doesn't have to be your dick. I guess it doesn't have to be theirs. <laughs> yeah, well, how are you going to know? All <laughs> uh, right. That doesn't... I can look at... The, I know your skin color. That's not your dick, Dan. Oh, <laughs> uh, you ready for a random stock? Yes. All right, we've got a consumer durable. This one actually looks pretty solid. Uh, Ashland Global Holdings, ASH. Okay. The uh, real estate? Uh, it's a consumer durable. I thought, oh. Chemicals. Oh. Yeah. Really Ke- solid chemicals. volume on the spike on, Process uh, on Friday. That, that one could be trouble. Actually, that I like this one. That 100. Yeah. I, I, 10 area is the next resistance, the next really solid resistance. I can see a challenge in that this week. Yeah, especially especially if the market's making a really big bull push. Luckily, random is so far down. It can only afford can only afford three calls or three con- uh, shares. <laughs> yeah. Three, three shares. Good. All right. So I'm going long or short on NEO, depending on how it opens the bell on Monday. Kyle is... Long SPXS. Two bulls in a china shop, man. I got to live up to the name. No, SPXL. <laughs> SPXL. Oh, it's just one letter. What, what, how big of a difference could it be? It made a big difference for you. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Damn. Right in the heart. Oh, and Random's got ASH. Thanks for sticking around at the end of the episode, folks. We love you so much. Uh, But unfortunately, we've got to close up the shop for the day. Uh, We will be back at you soon. Until then, happy trades. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Uh, All right, Kyle, you ready? Let's make lemonade. Wait, make lemonade. <laughs> what does that even mean? Somebody been giving you lemons? Tropic Thunder, man. Oh. <laughs>
haven't seen that in so long. Oh, that's so good.